It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello, all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and the reason I keep my co-host Jessica Lewis around is that she's too big a threat to get rid of, so I keep her as a shield. That's a great idea. It's been working really well for you thus far, right? I know. No one's gotten rid of me. I know. See? But what are you going to do when it really gets down to the end? Are you going to cut me then? No, we'll be the final two. Oh, okay. Boy, that would be fun. Yeah. You're a good talker. Thank you. So are you. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it helps that we're the only two here also. So, yeah. And who's who's our jury, really? Everybody who listens. OK. Ooh. All right. All right. We should put that out there. People who listen, who wins in a final two? <laughs> David or myself? I like this. Mm, I don't know. Uh, you have more Twitter followers than I do. Oh, you know, that's true. But hey. You don't know how the jury is going to get stacked. You could have a whole lot of friends on a jury. So it just works out that way sometimes. Yeah, well, I have to talk to them ahead of time so they can tell me exactly what they want me to. Oh, wait, no, that was last season. Sorry. That was last um, season. All right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, who, who knew we'd think of last season as the good old days? Um, I know. Uh, yeah. So, so sad. Yeah. So all joking aside for the moment here, let's, let's get something out of the way right off the bat. This podcast is about Elaine. Uh, we decided literally within minutes of the end of the episode that we will not be discussing the guy who was removed from the show after tribal council. We know why he lost because the on-screen text told us he was removed from the game after a report of another incident, another incident, which happened off camera and did not involve a player. He should have been removed from the game sooner. But in any case, nobody I know wants to hear us talk about his game. And the two of us have absolutely no interest in doing so. Plus, we don't want to pollute our discussion of Elaine's fun game with him. That's very true. And we did spend a very significant amount of time addressing the issue previously. So we can let that be. And if anyone wants to revisit that particular Why Blank Lost episode where we address that issue, they certainly can. But uh, this is about Elaine. So we're going to be very sad that Elaine lost. At least I am very sad that Elaine lost. I think a lot of people are. And we are going to spend the duration of the episode or this podcast talking about her. Right. So that's the last you'll hear about that today. Uh, Before we get into the rest of the podcast, though, let's let's look ahead uh, a bit. After the finale, we will be getting our Why Blank One podcast out probably a day or so later than usual, but before Christmas. And then sometime after that, we will once again have a postseason question and answer podcast. Uh, if any listener has any questions for us about this season, 
which is dangerous territory, I know, uh, you can go ahead mm-hmm. and tweet them at us or comment in the Facebook post for our podcast. And Bring it uh, on. That's right. We'll remind you. And, uh, let, you know, that'll be probably before New Year's. We'll have to see what our schedules look like. Mm-hmm. So now we can move into talking about our predictions from last week because we were right for the third week in a row. Mm-hmm. Again, it didn't quite happen exactly how we predicted, but the outcome was correct. So we're going to take credit for it. Now, I thought Nora would go to the Island of the Idols because we saw her spinning in the preview. But while it didn't air on TV, there was a secret scene showing that the tree mail clue was obvious enough to let everyone know it would involve spinning around, which is why Nora was doing it. Mm-hmm. Although I, I do, I, I almost wish I hadn't seen that secret scene because it was more fun to think that Nora just wanted to spin around <laughs> and it's a very nora-esque thing to do right. so it makes sense now next week's predictions may be a bit more difficult but we'll worry about that in uh, about an hour mm-hmm. uh, for now we'll take a look at elaine's game in the way we always do by comparing it to my rules so we can evaluate how she did using all the information available from what we saw on tv plus interviews and clips from cbs all access as a reminder you could find the latest version of my rules at robhasawebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules. Or you can get the shorter and much more colorful version of the rules in poster form at tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. Yes, and you should definitely order. The supplies are running very low. We are working on a second order, if you will, but the particulars of that are still being worked on. However, we have some left for the holidays. Order it up. They are beautiful in a frame. $20 is a great price. And also, if you're interested in internationally receiving one, I can get that to you. I've had some questions recently about Canada. Yes, I can absolutely get that to you as well. So just DM me and we can work on any international shipping. Right, because eBay won't accept it. So they have to DM you. Yes. Uh, and if you if anyone wants it by the holidays, I mean, we're recording this 10 days before Christmas. Uh, you know, I mean, Hanukkah gives you a few extra days there at the tail end, but you got to do it soon if you want to order one for the holidays as a gift. Yeah. And the post office is crazy. Well, yes. Yes. Crazy, crazy. But we'll get it to you, I promise. Right. All right. All right. Now, before we get into the rules, I wanted to bring up a couple things about Dean. First, the whole coin flip to get an advantage is annoying. Uh, uh-huh. you know, we've, I agree. We all know that. Uh, what's more annoying is that an idle nullifier was one of the options, which, of course, he was going to take. I mean, in, unless he was a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. At, at this point in the game, it's incredibly powerful and was made more so by them skipping final six, meaning Dean now knows Janet has to play the idol at the next tribal council. There is no guesswork whatsoever. I was so excited about the idea of her having the idol. And I was sitting there going, oh, that's, that means she's in the final four. Because now they're at five. She's going to play the idol. She makes a final four. And my husband mm-hmm. looks at me and goes, Jessica, the idol nullifier. And I was like, oh, I forgot. And I was like, no, mind blown and upset again. So, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, what, what more can you say about that? I mean, there's some hope and we'll talk about in the prediction that he that, that something else happens, but it doesn't look good. Yeah, it looks very, very bad. Now, on top of that, we lost the opportunity to see Dean try to use the legacy advantage at final six. And, mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that would have been so much fun. <laughs> I, I'm 
I'm hoping he still tries to use it. You know, like maybe he'll ask a producer if he can still use it. And the producer will tell him he can use it just as much at final five as he could have at final six. But it was regulated to six. Yeah, but I don't there know. is no final six. I know I mean, there is no final it does, six. It does. If this was real, it does raise the question of what they would do. I, you know, it is interesting because if it, that's true, because the the uh, legacy advantage that I had was regulated to six. So if there was no six, I don't know how they would go about switching it up, because then production is kind of involving themselves in the game. But then again, this was something that happened that production kind of made a decision, you know, right. based upon things that happened that affected the game. So it's a very interesting situation. And I don't know how they would have figured it out and maybe they will try to address it if Dean goes and talks to anybody but then again maybe they won't well or maybe see if they were forward thinking now this is the producers we're talking about and they've shown all season that they're not very forward thinking but if they were forward thinking they would make an announcement any advantages that anyone has that said they could only be used to final six can now be used to final five hmm yeah. You know, um, but here's but, the problem with that, too, though, because then that's going to make Dean believe that it is real, even though it's completely fake. Well, he already believes it's real. He was well, going to draw the votes to himself. Oh, I know. He does believe it's real. But now you have production kind of feeding into that even more where he's going to be thinking, aha, this is definitely real because they're making this announcement about it. It is a very sticky situation it is yeah that's a rough one that's definitely tough so because it would have been great to see him like bring the votes to himself and then use that and then get voted out oh because then it wouldn't be janet right oh my goodness yeah so many problems yeah so you know we'll see we'll see what happens with dean but in the meantime with elaine leaving this week the pagonging of lyro continued But it's not as simple as it might look. Elaine wasn't voted off simply for being an original Lyro, though that certainly didn't help. There was there was much more to it. So let's find out what all of that was and figure out why Elaine lost. We're back to starting with the first rule as usual this week, which, of course, talks about the need to scheme and plot. Elaine found it necessary to start doing this right away because she was an early target and had to find a way to change that. Indeed, Ronnie said Elaine. Remember, Ronnie? uh, I know. So long ago. Uh, He said Elaine swayed them with a good argument about why she should be kept, which also helped flip the vote to Vince. Now, as it turned out, the vote changed further and Ronnie himself got the boot. But the point is that Elaine had to get in there and mix it up from the get go. And then she kept on doing it, even if it wasn't always obvious to the viewers. Yeah. And she was so great at the way that she handled all of those interactions with people. She didn't shy away from a group that was talking. She got right in there and talked to the group. And kind of forced them to have to acknowledge the fact that her name has been coming up, that people are talking about voting her out and then explaining to them why that's so unnecessary at this point. I love the term that she kept using, like, let's put a pin in it. You can do that later. You don't need to do it now. (laughs) And the fact that she was able to pull that off is incredible because she's basically telling people you are completely accurate. You are completely correct in your assessment of me, but you don't need to vote me out yet. You know, keep me keep me along for the ride because I'll help, as you said at the beginning, kind of be a a cover for you. You know, I'll be a meat shield. Mm -hmm. 
And then you can vote me out later. And I, I, the fact that she was able to convince them that that was the best thing to do is really, it speaks volumes of how great she is socially. And I know we're going to get there, but it all kind of worked so well together. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was good strategic gameplay on her part. And as part of that, she also was downplaying her intelligence as mm-hmm. she discussed in her interviews. Uh, she had told Entertainment Weekly in a, a mid-season interview that she purposely misspelled words and did other off-the-wall things. She said, I didn't want to come across as smart because I was worried about being seen as likable and strategic. Mm-hmm. Hell, I even fool, fooled Sandra into thinking I'm dumb because at Tribal, I would try and give as little away as possible. And then, you know, also when she was greeted by everyone at Ponderosa, she said, I lied about not knowing words. Uh, she said in another interview that she was playing Kentucky dumb. It's the standard JT and Nick ploys. Yep. Yeah. There's, and it, she did it in such a great way because she was likable and kind of having that very, I don't know, just Southern kind of hospitality personality, if you will. And, and it, it just all melded so well for her. And she, but she thought about it before she went out there. And this is how she ended up presenting herself. And it was, it was great that she was so forward thinking and how she wanted to be perceived because she understood how she could be perceived. Right. You know, and then now that wasn't all she was doing. Even she also said in her midseason interview that there were a ton of alliances and sub alliances on original Lyro. Uh, there was a women's alliance, but then people started branching out several times in those days. We saw people checking in with her. So she was definitely a core part of, of the group. Mm-hmm. And then when she swapped, she said in an interview that she immediately bonded with Tommy and Lauren and started throwing Missy under the bus because she knew that she was expendable and based on what we saw on the show, she was, she was right. They were Missy and Aaron were ready to flip on her immediately. Yes. Yes. And that was, that was so key for her gameplay because she never actually tied herself to anyone. She worked with everyone. She was willing to talk with everyone. She never found her Ricky Bobby that she wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but it just, it showed that she was, trying all potential avenues and was really willing to work with basically anyone, but she was working with the people that were going to further her game and was always very mindful of that component of it. Right. Now, I I also want to bring up a couple other strategic moments that Elaine had that might not have been obvious. She told Mike Bloom that we didn't see her revving up Nora and Dean the day of the family visit reward by telling them that they should make a move against Lauren and Tommy and saying, that Lauren controlled Tommy because she knew Dean was trying to get in tight with Tommy. But if he felt they were going after Lauren, he'd be on board. And she also told Rob that she'd been whispering in Nora's ear for days, telling her to make a move. I love that so much. That's yeah. so great. I think that's wonderful that, you know, and that's the interesting thing about the, uh, the whispering she explained happened like at night, they were cuddle buddies and it, it goes back to something we've talked about quite a bit of, pay attention to who's sleeping next to who because those are conversations unfortunately that you probably don't get on camera because they're just little you know whispers in people's ears right. while you're going to sleep but the fact that she was doing that to Nora I think is incredible because she really was trying to goad her into doing something and it worked kind of you know because that mm-hmm. that one vote that Dean completely screwed up right. <laughs> the whole situation for Nora really was I think on board and I think she was probably on board because of Elaine. 
So all right. of those little those little things that Elaine was doing, it helped her move further in the game. But she also was able to do it in a in a way that it didn't make her seem like she was a threat and that she was telling people what to do. It was just she was kind of planting seeds and giving people ideas, but doing it in a very kind of just. I don't know, like a very likable fashion. Just a, I'm having a conversation with you. I'm just telling you what's happening. And here's some things you should consider. Yeah. Now, going to that tribal council that we were just you were just talking about you know, last time, the previous tribal council, where there was a conversation going and she just walked over and stuck her head right into it, much like you were talking about in the in the early days when she mm-hmm. walked right into any conversation. Now, when I mentioned that on Twitter, Elaine replied to me saying, if they're trying to whisper and not talk to you, you got to get in there and break it up. Yeah. Uh, and and she was right. You do want to try to stop people who might be whispering about you. I love that she was always so willing to do things that we see a lot of other survivors that are unwilling to do. You see a lot of other survivors in years past that see people talking. They're curious. I wonder what they're whispering about. I wonder what they're talking about. But they don't want to interject themselves. And you also see a lot of people, if we go back to her first three days where her name is is coming up and she's being considered as a first boot, who are almost willing to kind of accept their their lot and say, well, I guess I tried. But she never did that. She was always willing to push a little further to get in the middle of things, to rock the boat if she needed to. And it, but she did it in just a, in a great way that wasn't in your face, kind of telling people what to do. It was just more, I want to be part of the conversation. And she kept doing that. And it really was incredible to see because it's not something that very many people can pull off on Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there was one alliance that she never really made, and that was with Karishma. And looking back, Elaine said she thinks that was her mistake because if she had a better working relationship with Karishma, she might have known when Karishma was going to play the idol. So Elaine could have perhaps guided her to a good target. And then there would have been more trust going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I but, do agree. You know, one out of everybody, I guess. It just happened to be a very important one near the end of the game. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can move on to the second rule, which says not to scheme and plot too much or too obviously and not to backstab too soon. I suspect there are a number of listeners who might be expecting me to say Elaine shouldn't have voted out Missy when she did. But I disagreed with that even before Elaine's interviews. And those interviews only solidified my feelings on the matter. She told Entertainment Weekly that it was, quote, absolutely 1000% the right move for me because she was coming at me. And if I would have got rid of Tommy, she would have bonded with Lauren and Lauren would have turned her vengeance toward me. So I would have been out within the next one or two votes. And then she added to Mike Bloom, Missy was using me as a number and was going to cut my throat as soon as possible. Yeah, I do think that she recognized the significance of all of those relationships in that situation and knew that Missy was almost kind of shielding her in a way because Missy was so in control of certain people and a certain component that was happening in the game that keeping Missy around was great for Elaine. Because Missy was kind of driving the boat. I hate to 
go back to that driving analogy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, but I do think that that was a smart call for her as well. I agree that, that that was a good decision for her. And one thing that she recognized, and this is what I appreciate about Elaine, she was playing the best game for her. And she even said, I don't know why Karishma did it. It wasn't a good thing for Karishma to do, right, but right. Karishma was willing to do it and, and play along with me. So, okay. But it was good for Elaine. It might not have been good for Karishma. And everybody needs to be mindful of the fact that the game that you have to play is the best game for yourself, not the best game for somebody else. So right. we I, talked about it, you know, last week, how, how um, it wasn't the best move for her, but it didn't seem like she recognized how much Missy was protecting her. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. Now, the one thing so, that I didn't understand with Elaine's decision, if you will, leading up to this particular tribal council, I like that she went to Lauren and said, hey, Lauren, listen, we got to talk. There's things that you should probably consider. I think that she should have probably targeted somebody different than um, trying to go after Nora. I feel like I feel like it was a decision where she could have maybe gotten Lauren there. But it seemed like an odd individual that she ended up telling Lauren you should vote out. I feel like it should have been more like a a Dean or a Tommy, maybe even a, you know, I know that Lauren and Tommy were very close, obviously, and they're working together. But I feel like that could have been spun differently to Lauren to get Lauren thinking about a Dean or a Tommy vote out instead of a Nora vote out. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that more in Appendix A. but. One thing to remember is that he who, he who shall not be named was planning to vote for Nora. And yes. so that made it a lot easier. They only needed two more votes. Lauren yeah, and Janet. You, you try to get anyone else and you need someone else. Right. And that makes it more difficult. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. So um, I do want to give one more example of uh, something good that Elaine did in, in this rule. And that was after Missy was gone. She still wanted to work with Elizabeth, but she saw the way the wind was blowing and wisely said if her alliance wanted Elizabeth out, she couldn't stick her neck out for Elizabeth. So she knew how to ensure that she wasn't violating this rule, you know, to try to save to Elizabeth. She just had to let her go. Right. And she also was willing to acknowledge when she was playing the game after the votes, when people were maybe frustrated or angry about how things ended up, she never let that trouble her. She understood this is a game. Okay, we're playing a game. But I, she said something really funny in one of her exit interviews about Dean. Just don't run me over with the bus too many times or something along those mm-hmm. lines. So she she would recognize the game is being played, but she didn't let it end up uh, affecting her. And I know we're probably going to get to that in a different rule, but it's something else that she did well in this part, I, I think, as well. Okay. All right. Well, before we go on to the rest of the rules, uh, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, if there are any for your area. If not, we'll be back even quicker. We're back. So let's go on to the third rule, which talks about being flexible. Now, how do you think Elaine did here? Oh, she was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. I mean, La- Elaine really... I know we've already talked about her willingness to play with anybody, but I think that she really looked at the entire tribe, saw what was happening and would make her decisions based upon what was happening 
and not have herself locked into this idea that I have to sit next to this person in the final three. She talked a lot about Missy and how Missy had already basically chosen her goat mm-hmm. within like the first couple of days of playing this game. And Elaine didn't do that. Elaine walked into this game saying, I will sit next to anybody because I'm going to beat anybody. And I think that gave her such an ability to play freely and really kind of move around and determine who's best for me this week and who should I play with now. She didn't lock herself into any one person, even though she really wanted that ride or die, but it didn't hurt her at all to not have it because she was so good at maneuvering through all of the people that she was playing with. Yeah. You know, that that's exactly right. And we already talked about at the swap, how she realized that she was on the bottom of her tribal alliance and tried to get in good with Lauren and Tommy uh, to the point of then voting out Missy in her attempt to solidify that, or at least save herself from what she figured would happen if Missy had successfully voted out Tommy. So she had no problem jumping around as necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> I love right. Elaine. I'm sorry. There's just, there's so many wonderful things you could say about Elaine and it's, it's, it's awesome to see a survivor player like Elaine because someone like her is not the norm when it comes to a survivor player. She just has, right. she's got a lot of good things working for her. Well, it almost sounds like you're starting to get emotional. And so that's good because we can go into the fourth rule, which tells <laughs> players not to let their emotions control them. And uh, you already uh, jumped ahead a little bit from uh, the second rule. I did. And, you know, you were, you were talking about how she did a good job here as well. Uh, she told Mike Bloom, I never wanted to take anything personally. I always try to keep things separate. If I was cool and joked with you, I knew it was a game. Lauren voted for me a couple times, but I understood. Even when I got voted out, I was like, it's a game. I'm not mad. Yeah. And so, you know, it, she just tried not to take it too seriously. And I can't remember ever seeing a time when she let emotions get the best of her in any terms, especially decision making. Yes, she absolutely handled herself so incredibly well out there and it it almost worked against her just because she was so likable because she wasn't willing to really have those quarrels or have those issues with people which then i it really did just make her more likable because she never went down that path she was she wasn't snarky and she wasn't mean and she was just a nice person and so the fact that she was able to take emotion out of the game she was playing helped her in so many ways, not just continuing to make the best decisions for herself, but also continuing to build the relationships with the people that she was building the relationships with because nobody was mad at her. Right. Which leads us nicely to the fifth rule, which is about the social game and reminds players that they need to pretend to be nice. I mean, what do you think? Did did she have a lot of problems here? Oh my God, Elaine, I, can I say it again? She was amazing. She is probably one of the best social game players we've seen in a very long time. I love what she said about herself in one of her exit interviews. She said, I'm just too great. And it's a curse. She might've said that at Pon. She, she said to the, that to Dr. Joe, to Dr. Joe, right before Ponderosa. Yeah. I'm just too great. And it's a curse. And I love that about her because she's, she owns it too. She knows that she's a likable person. She talked to her family a lot about going out there beforehand, what she needed to do. And she recognized that she should have toned down her personality a little bit because she is just a likable person. And we saw that right from the first episode when they were targeting her 
And Ronnie was saying to everybody, she is going to win this game. We need to vote her out now because he saw that she's nice. She's enjoyable. She's fun to be around and she doesn't take things personally. And even watching her interact with everybody when they were considering voting her out, she still wasn't even taking that personal. She was giving them reasons to not vote her out and being very logical about it. So she was such an incredible mix of all of the things that you need to be when you are put into a really weird situation like this. You know, you're dealing with people that you don't know, people who are just getting to know you. And she had an ability to make them like her and find something about that person to connect with them and just be a pleasure to be around. And at the same time, use it as part of the strategy in her game. It was really impressive to watch. Yeah. I mean, she said in her Ponderosa video that she tried to build bonds and relationships, hoping those would carry her forward. And they did for 35 days. Yeah. Uh, you know, this this goes along with her saying earlier that she was banking on her relationships with the people she called her core. And, you know, like like we heard from Ronnie way back when she was saved in part because Tom refused to vote her out. Well, why? Because he liked her. Mm -hmm. uh, Chelsea didn't want her gone. Same reason. And Elaine had developed a relationship right away with the women. And, you know, so, yeah, she had all these relationships and friendships that just kept her around for as long as she was there. Yeah. And I think we even talked about it way back when Ronnie, you know, the very first, mm -hmm. you know, why blank lost is that when they were considering who do you want to keep around, you're three days in, you don't really know people that much. Well, she's really fun to be around. Like, I enjoy her. Like, she's right. fun at camp. Ronnie is a little conniving, seems mm -hmm. a little sneaky. Uh, I don't feel like I can trust him. And so you end up making a decision based on what? Likeability factor. And she has a great likeability factor. So it certainly kept her in the game because people were willing to hang out with her in addition to play the game with her. And I think the way that she presented herself, and I, I said it earlier, and I loved this, put a pin in it. It was so great that she could continue to do that. Like, you don't need to think about me right now. Like, I'm working with you. We're going to do this together. Don't worry about me. Keep me around because I'm only going to help you get further. You can take care of me later. You can take care of me later. And it kept working and it almost worked. You know, I mean, 35 right. days. That's incredible that she was able to make it that far, knowing that she was such a threat socially. Right. And that takes us right to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. And like you just said, that is what Elaine's social game made her. Uh, she talked about this in her interviews. And I mentioned in the third rule that she or actually you mentioned in the third rule that she felt like she could beat anyone in the final three. And I agree. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for her, everyone else agreed, too. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't even think of someone who has ever had that assurance recently in Survivor where they're actually coming into the game saying, I can sit next to anybody and I will win. To have that type of confidence going into this game speaks volumes of how great you're going to be playing this game. Because if you are so sure of yourself, and she really was, because that's what she thought even before she started this game. She's She will sit next to anybody and she maintained that throughout the duration of her time out there. And it really did allow her more options and more ability to we can vote this person out that's fine we can vote that person out that's fine it doesn't affect me because i'll sit next to all of you and i will be all of you to have that confidence i would have loved to have seen her sit in a final three just to hear her talk about herself 
in mm-hmm. almost a she doesn't she didn't sell herself like that to other people but she sold right. herself like that to you know people in her exit press or pre-game interviews the you know one-on-one uh conversations but when she was talking to the players it was different she was just so great at knowing her audience and it would have been really fun to see her in front of a jury yeah now you, you know you said you don't know of anybody else who has ever come in with that certainty that they could sit there with anyone and win i'm certain that there have been players who have come in saying, I can go to the end with anyone and win. Mm-hmm. The difference is those people were delusional. Yes. And that's, that's the thing. It's that she went out there with that idea and then it continued while she was playing the game. And everyone who was watching at home said, yes, that is true. You know, right. she could sit next to anybody and win. And you don't often see that. You see a player that might have that idea that I can beat anybody. I can sit next to anybody. But yes, they are delusional. No, you yeah. you have to actually be mindful. And I think most of the people who play this game are always looking at the other individuals around them saying, who do I want to sit next to? I know I can't sit next to this person. I know I had these conversations with myself out there. Who can I sit next to and who can't I sit next to? And it, it has to be such an incredible feeling to just say, I can sit next to anybody and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Right. Right. So, it, you know, it, being a threat which, you know, she obviously was, like you said, goes all the way back to the very first vote. And, you know, she did convince them, hey, you have plenty of time. Leave me alone. And yeah, she they did have plenty of time. And, you know, eventually it it caught up to her. But players have been talking about it like ever since then. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth said in the secret scene from her boot episode that Elaine was a social threat. Tommy said Nora was told that they were all voting for Elaine earlier as a decoy uh, because she was such a threat to win the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Janet said that she was dangerous for being too likable as well as for starting fire and winning immunity and and so on. And all of this culminated in Elaine trying the only thing she could think of to stick around, which was attempting to convince Lauren and Janet that she could be a shield for them while Nora would take a spot away from them in the final three. That argument might have worked a few votes earlier, but by final seven, they were they were just too close and had too few opportunities left to get rid of the person who would beat everyone at the end. Yeah. And I really got to give her props because she did. She did spin a really great Mm -hmm. argument, but it is tough when you are at a final seven, knowing that, you know, Janet and Lauren are two people who. They can't sit next to everybody and win. I mean, I think that Janet would have given Elaine a good run for her money, but that's coming from a viewer's perspective. I don't know mm-hmm. how the jury would have been perceiving it. If Elaine is right. sitting there, I think everybody on the jury loves Elaine, and we've heard them talk about how she is a threat to win the game, like you said, all the way from day one. So I do think that it it was in their best interest, Lauren and Janet's best interest, to vote Elaine out now. But she really did try. and. um and I, I got to give her props for that. She certainly she was trying to hang in there. But yeah, final seven. That's uh, that's a tough that's a tough road to hoe right there. Yeah. Uh, so we can move on to the seventh rule, which covers idols and advantages. And Elaine did, I would say, above average here with both. I'm, I'm not just talking about her correct use of the advantage because, well, let's face it, that was one of the easiest situations possible in which to use it. <laughs> right, uh, but, right. But but rather the fact that as soon as she got it, 
She told Elizabeth that they needed to loop in Missy and Aaron right away because those two might get spooked if they didn't know, which really was a perfect read on that duo. Yes. Oh, yeah. She really did a great job in bringing in the people that she needed to bring in at that point and making sure that it went smoothly. I know that Aaron acted as if he was still deliberating, but we heard in his exit press, he said, no, I knew that that's what we were going to do. That's what we were going to do. I was just playing a game. So she did, again, it's her ability to read the room and the people she's playing with and make a decision that's beneficial to her, but include other people in the process and have those conversations. So it's it's more of a group decision as opposed to it's just Elaine kind of leading the charge. Right. Now, as for the idol, I mean, it was great that she found it, but not so much that Nora knew about it. And of course, Nora told everyone last tribal council when she was spilling all the beans on everything. Uh, yeah. Elaine, Elaine probably should have just held on to it at that point. But as she told Gordon Holmes, if I sat on it like Kelly or Vince and went home, that would have been my biggest fear. And, yeah. you know, you and I always say it's better to use it incorrectly than not use it and get voted out. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. It did seem like she was probably fine at that tribal council, but it was so crazy that I can't criticize her for not wanting to be sure. Yes. And that is unfortunately a situation where everything kind of went awry at that tribal council. So there does become this live tribal idea. And if things mm-hmm. are being changed and people are coming up with a new idea and all of a sudden now they, they heard that there's an idol. And the knee-jerk reaction might be, well, if we vote her out and she doesn't, or we at least write her name down and she doesn't play the idol because now she knows, everybody knows that she has it, maybe she won't play it because of that, then we could vote her out with an idol in her pocket. So that is certainly something that could have been spinning through her mind as well. So not a bad idea for her to play it then. Although, didn't she find it with Nora? Wasn't Nora with her? Yeah, which was part of the problem. Yeah, but I was so saying. it's not it's even unfortunate like, that, yes, that, that, yeah, she did. It's not even like she could keep it a secret. She was right. like with her on the path. So well, that's, yeah, that's not a good. Don't good go way idol hunting with Nora is the is the, uh, the lesson there. Right. I mean, but she did idol hunt, too, with Dean. You know, the two I of know. them went out idol hunting. But yeah, it's, it is when you go out idol hunting, people then know you have an idol. <laughs> so right. if you find one and they're with you, that's going to be a problem. And sure enough, it was. Yeah, I mean, it would have been fine if the four of them had actually stuck together. Yeah, it would have been great. And that right there, oh, God, I wish that had worked. But Dean, damn it, Dean. Damn it, Dean. (sighs) So So, frustrating. Yeah. All right. uh, We could go to Appendix A, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And in particular, to vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. At this phase players should be trying to vote out the strong opponents from outside their alliance. And well, that's exactly what they did. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. problem, and we had hinted at this earlier, is that they are almost all in the same alliance and they all think they're allies with Tommy. Mm -hmm. The absolute best thing to do here would have been to completely flip the game and vote out Tommy, as you mentioned earlier, because that still would have taken out a threat. And it would have left Elaine in the game without any real allies. Yeah. But the problem, which I you know, also mentioned earlier, is that we've repeatedly heard in interviews that Tommy is everyone's number one. And I think that played a big role in this vote. They yeah. couldn't trust each other to turn on Tommy 
because they would have needed either Dean or Nora, you know, as I mentioned before, because of the counting the votes. And we already saw the prior week how well it would go to trust those two with a plan. I know. I don't. I still I, I know we're not talking about Dean, but. Damn it, Dean. I'm just going to keep saying it because it was I don't I don't know what Dean thinks his next option is going to be, because that was his one option. And you just laid it out perfectly that go after Elaine next. Then, you know, you get Tommy out and then because everyone keeps talking about that someone's going to be in that third seat, you know, and they're, they're focusing on Nora, that Nora is going to be taking that third seat. And that means she's taking that third seat away from somebody else. How about Tommy? You know, Tommy's taking away that third seat because he's sitting there with everybody, you know, so they they really should start looking at Tommy differently. And nobody is. And I don't think anybody will. So, yeah, I mean, we discussed last week what I think Dean's plan was in doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a flawed plan, but, you know, people can go back and listen to that one. Um, Now, uh, there's also a similar reason the Tommy situation that it didn't make sense for Lauren and Janet to flip against Nora if Tommy didn't want to do so. You know, we saw Lauren trying and failing to convince Tommy in tribal council. So we know he would have been unhappy, which could have led to one of them being targeted by Tommy and his other allies. Mm-hmm. Plus that would have left both Elaine and Tommy in the game. And they're both huge threats with only a few more opportunities remaining to remove them. Mm-hmm. If Lauren and or Janet, get rid of Tommy in this next vote, well, okay, fine. Then we'll say it'll make sense. But if they don't, then they've just traded one threat for another. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so, sorry. Yeah. All right. We can move to Appendix B, which is about the jury phase and both bringing people along you can beat while seating the jury with those who will vote for you. Clearly, they couldn't beat Elaine. And they can and will beat Nora. So from that perspective, it was the right move. Also, Elaine is the type of person that, you know, won't hold a grudge against those who voted her out. Well, you know, we talked about that. But who knows what Nora might do or say in the jury. Right. But like I said, they still need to find a way to get rid of Tommy or else he's going to crush them all at the end. Mm -hmm. Now, and I have to give Elaine props here, too, because one thing she did in I think it was a couple tribals ago. She actually started talking about the jury and how people sitting over there were targeting her right from right. day one. And she was talking about Aaron. And and I thought it was so great that she was acknowledging their gameplay. And that's something that I don't think enough people do when they're sitting there playing to the jury. Mm-hmm. But Elaine was definitely playing to them at that point, like reminding them. Remember what you thought about me way back then? Well, I've been dealing with that the entire game and I'm still here really kind of putting that back in their minds that, yeah, we thought she was a threat, you know, day one and here she is. So I think that that was great for her playing up to the jury the way that she was. It was, Uh, but unfortunately it only added to her threat level too. Oh, I know. I know. It's, it's like, (laughs) it's a double-edged sword. You want the jury to know what you're doing and you want the jury to be aware of everything you've done. But at the same time, you're sitting with all the people who are potentially going to be voting you out. So yeah, it's tough. All right. Well, it's about time to wrap things up. So what are your final thoughts on Elaine? Elaine's amazing. Can I just say that one more time? All right. So anyway, my (laughs) final. Oh, wait, no, you had more than that. No, I really do think that Elaine was such an enjoyable person 
to watch play this game. And she said in, um, I don't know if it was her Ponderosa video, but that she never sat back. And I, I believe that about Elaine. We saw her from day one. As soon as her name came up, she got involved. She put herself in the middle of those conversations. She included herself in those conversations. And she did it in such an incredible way. She used her social abilities to connect with people, to come across as likable, to not seem threatening in the way that she spoke to them. But by doing so, became a huge threat because she was so good at interacting with people. I think it's incredible that she recognized this about herself coming into this game and that she knew that she was going to be someone that has that type of likability factor. Jeff Probst talked about her in his pregame assessment and said that she puts you at ease. She's someone you want to have a beer with. And I, that was Elaine throughout the entire game. She was someone that people were willing to sit down with, willing to have conversations with, and willing to strategize with, not necessarily even realizing that Elaine was kind of leading the charge in a lot of the strategizing or the way that it was happening, because she was doing it in a conversational fashion. We saw her do this with Nora. We saw her do it with Dean. We saw her do it with basically everyone that she was interacting with. Like, here's here's what's happening. This is this is what we should probably do. And this is why we should do it. I just love the way that she presented herself. And I think it's sad that she is not going to be winning the this particular season. But she hmm. said about herself at the beginning, why do you think you'll survive Survivor? I think people un- underestimate me. I think with my people skills, and my ability to relate to different types of people, I will be able to befriend them or gain their trust. I would be overlooked because I wouldn't be a threat, but an ally. And that really is what she did in this game. It's very impressive that she, I really think, hit the nail on the head in her own assessment of why she would survive Survivor. She did befriend everybody. They didn't necessarily underestimate her, but she was certainly someone that they trusted, they thought was an ally, and someone she was able to play the game with. So overall. I think Elaine's social abilities really were her saving grace in this game, but also the ultimate reason why she ended up getting voted out. Yeah. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, Elaine told Dr. Joe, I'm just too great and it's a curse. And she's right. She was incredibly likable from the moment her feet touched the beach, not just to viewers, but also to her tribe mates. A couple of them even tried to target her for it right off the bat, but that was far too soon. However, it was a preview of things to come. Seems like everybody knew Elaine would beat anyone on a final three, which beat nobody could ever take her that far. Plus, she was on the outside of the Vokai Alliance, or should I say the Tommy Alliance, while all of the Lyra were being pagonged. By the time this vote arrived, about the only thing Elaine could have done was win immunity or find another idol. She worked hard on Lauren and Janet, but the bonds to Tommy were just too strong, and they weren't necessarily wrong to take out this threat when another one still loomed over them. But at this particular moment, Elaine posed the biggest threat. Besides being the likely winner, she made it to the end. She also had a better chance of winning immunity and making fire at final four. She tried her hardest, but that was just too much to overcome. And that is why Elaine lost. So. She's amazing. Yes. (laughs) All right. Prediction time. It's the finale. I know. which, Which is both. Hard to believe because it seems quick, but on the other hand, other parts of the season have really made it seem long. So yeah, it's been um, it's been tough. Yeah, 
Now, uh, per a preview, Rob and Sandra reveal themselves to the final five, though, of course, they're really only revealing themselves to Tommy at this point, if he doesn't already know. Mm-hmm. And that's about all we know. Yep. Um, so. We have a bunch to predict here. Do you want me to give my whole prediction and then you can go or do you want to do it uh, vote by vote? No, oh, I don't really care. We can do it either way. I have no preference. Okay. Well, you chime in if you want to. Okay. So we, we've spent a, a good portion of the last few minutes talking about how dangerous Tommy is. And quite frankly, if the others don't get rid of him, he's going to win. Yes. End of story. <laughs> okay. yes. I, mean, that, you I know. think we're going to agree the whole way through this. So this yes. will be interesting. Um, if that happens, it will really make me wonder why the hell producers left in the comments from Sandra and Rob about a woman winning the season. I would like to think the producers aren't that tone deaf. But then I look at the rest of the season. Enough said. Mm. Uh, so I, I know we're hoping for a Janet win, but it doesn't look good since Dean has the nullifier we mentioned earlier and knows that she has an idol. Tommy knows about both, but he probably doesn't want Janet in the final three, so he has no reason to stop Dean. As a matter of fact, he might help ensure it works. Mm -hmm. The best hope is that Janet, Lauren, and Nora turn on Tommy. Seems unlikely. Uh, so, unfortunately, I have to predict that the obvious will happen, and Janet will go home first, and we will all be shaking our fists at the stupid coin flip that ruined her game, uh, which was another bad producer decision. Yes, I completely agree with your assessment. And I think one of the reasons why Lauren won't end up turning on Tommy, because I think, and just, you know, this is my opinion, she probably looks at Tommy as, well, we've been playing the game together. And so, but I've been the one that's been controlling the moves and what we're doing. And maybe that's her hope is that if she's sitting there with Tommy, that she can take credit for the moves that they're both making because they both played the same game it's it's kind of a very uh wendell and dominic kind of situation and you know and, and so i don't know if maybe that's what her thought process is and not going against tommy because she can trust tommy right now um mm -hmm. i so i do think that janet is the one that will end up getting the boot and i will be throwing things at my tv Ooh, don't do that they're expensive i know that is true yeah. you already you already missed the black friday deals Ah, oh, that's true. That's true. So, all right. Um, so now we're at final four. I know Janet's good at fire making, but have no idea about the others. And in our prediction that we just talked about, she'll be gone by then. Mm -hmm. So I would think that if Tommy doesn't win immunity, anyone else would want him in the fire making so he could lose. And so my prediction is that Dean wins immunity. And puts Tommy against Lauren. And Tommy wins Firemaking. That's fascinating. I like that. I don't know if I like it, but. Well, no, I don't like it, but I think that that <laughs> makes, I think it makes sense. because and nothing against Tommy, by the way. It's just. No, 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 no. I mean, I think, listen, I like Lauren and I like Tommy. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really like Elaine and I really like Janet. I mean, everybody's got people that they're, that they're rooting for. Right. But I, I don't see Tommy and Lauren sitting together and I just don't see that happening. And I think that that would that would explain how that would happen. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that means if that happens, our final three will be Tommy, Dean and Nora. 
which will lead to an easy and potentially unanimous vote for Tommy to win. Which is so incredibly fascinating. And I agree. Those are the three that I have. Tommy, Dean, and Nora. Um, because if you think about it, like, like I have no ill will towards Tommy at all. I think Tommy's a great guy. I think that the start, I mean, I had Tommy uh, number three. Lauren was number two. Tommy was number three. Elaine was number four. So, you know, those were, we won't talk about we're, Molly. Janet, oh, oh yeah, I had that's Janet, number one was. Janet was number five. So these are all people that I was really rooting for. Like, I, mm-hmm. I loved them from the start. I mean, Tommy has kind of played a very um, uneventful game, really. I mean, he's, if you look at what everyone has accomplished, Nora has won immunity multiple times. Dean has won immunity. Now Dean has this idle nullifier, which I know came from a coin flip. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lauren has won immunity. They've, they've all, oh, Lauren found an idol, even though she didn't play it correctly. So there's all of these things that, that the other people have done. And Tommy's just been there. (laughs) Well, but that's exactly. And I don't want to, uh, you know, if, if Tommy wins spoiler for why Tommy won, right. Um, you know, what do we always talk about? It is not the big moves that win you. The oh, game. I know. I know. It is the culmination of the small moves. Yep. And so, you know, that is one reason that I would love to see Tommy win. It would be because he didn't have an idol. He didn't make big moves. Right. Mm-hmm. He made all the right small moves and stayed at the center of the web. Yes. And I think and, that's a perfect explanation of the game that he played. Right. And so, you know, that was one thing that, um, you know, when Dean was talking about his, you know, at Island of the Idols, he was like, oh, I need to make a big move. And so that's why I flipped a coin, you know. And yeah, that's there were not some, a big move. <laughs> right. There were some um, prior players who were on Twitter and said things like, well, if I were in the jury, I wouldn't vote for that big move. But okay, in my opinion, jurors shouldn't be voting for big moves anyway. They should be voting for the best overall player, not the one who made the flashiest, biggest moves. Yes. And I think that that will be a very interesting takeaway from the season is that you can. And if we're correct, if it's Tommy, Dean and Nora, um, that that would be a great way to be able to look at the season and say, no, listen, sometimes it's like slow and steady wins the race, Mm -hmm. you know, and then that's, that's really what we saw Tommy do. Tommy really did keep himself in the center of everything. So I, but yeah, I mean, if he wins, he, I, I think that would be a great win. I mean, but I do, I, I do think it would be a confusing win with, like I said, with them talking about a woman winning. Yes. Um, But you know, I mean, we've, we've seen stranger things on survivor, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We've seen a lot of strange things this season. Yes, exactly. So we'll see. You know, I I think that, uh, you know, I think if Tommy wins, he'll be a good winner. I think if Lauren wins, I think if Janet wins. And I think those are the only three that can win. Yes. And I think that if any, if any of those three win, great. You know, they were, they were all great winners and nothing against Dean or Nora. I think that Nora is incredibly entertaining, Uh, but obviously it's just a different type of survivor player, but. Great person. Yeah, very different type. <laughs> but, you know, but she's still very enjoyable and quite fun. Oh, yeah. Can't believe she's still watch, in there. And you, did you not to, not to play with. Did you see the, I'm sure you did see it. The, uh, it was one of the secret scenes where she was like, 
she doesn't have a problem with the rain. Cause she's like, I know I'm going to be in the final three. So it doesn't matter. You know, right. <laughs> right. Like, it's so incredible. Like it's fascinating. I love her. She's great. I just don't know if she knows she's going to be in the final three as a goat. That's or, what I, that's why she's fascinating. She, she thinks she's going to be in the final three because she's played strategically. I, I, I don't know which it is. I think that she thinks that she's played strategically and that's why she's there. I mean, I've, yeah. We've seen uh, we've seen other people do the same thing. They get into the final three, not understanding their place in the tribe and not understanding why they're sitting there. I mean, it, it, yeah, I think that that's yeah. that's going to be the the approach that she's going to take. All right, maybe she'll spin. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody at final tribal council needs to spin. So yeah. not you know, I'm talking metaphorically, but she may be talking literally. Yeah, she might um, just get up and start spinning. I don't know. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah, look, I can do this and not get dizzy. So, so, all right. Well, as we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out two things at Rob has a website. First, we know that, I mean, we talked about the holiday sh shopping season. It's, you know, we're under 10 days away here, people. And uh, you can help support RHAP by going to robhasawebsite.com slash shopping and clicking on the links for Amazon or Walmart if you're doing your shopping at those sites. Uh, the second is our weekly reminder that the RHAP patron program can be found at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And Rob has so many special things for patrons, including special podcasts, uh, first access to live show tickets, and much more. And so remember to go to robhasawebsite.com slash shopping and also robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And from there, one of the biggest uh, bonuses you get are the Facebook groups, which I know you enjoy, Jessica. Oh, listen, <laughs> I don't spend enough time in there, but I will say this. It is a wonderful group of people. Facebook, sometimes I feel like drains me so much. Yeah. But it probably yeah, drains me because people are so invested and they're and it's it's an incredible, incredible group discussion. They really are. Um, it's full of people who care about this game. They care about a lot of the reality shows that that Rob has uh, podcasts on and they really delve into it and they talk a lot of strategy. So if you are interested in doing that, this is the group for you. David's in there a lot and there's a lot of really incredible discussion that goes on. So for sure, you should definitely become a patron and then obviously you get all the other perks. And chances are, if you want to go and see like a live know-it-alls, you're not going to get a ticket if you're not a patron. I, that's just what I've I've heard. I've heard that that's what happens. They take all the tickets first. For a lot of the venues, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how else can people get in touch with that, Jessica? Oh, my goodness. It's one of those days. Yes. You should also follow us on Twitter. I am at Jessica Lewis 89 and David is at David Bloomberg. You should definitely follow both of us to get all of the interactions. We live tweet on Wednesdays. And now we need to go after our Twitter followers to determine who is going to win in a final two between David and I. So that's going to be really significant. <laughs> so you need to follow both of us. I'm at Jessica Lewis 89 and he is at David Bloomberg. All right. Now we need a hashtag for, uh, for this. Now there's one thing that you've been saying repeatedly. She's amazing. Yep. <laughs> I, so I'm guessing that's our hashtag. Yep. I think that's uh -huh. great. All right. And of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, YXLost. Uh, before we finish, I want to remind everyone about the posters we discussed earlier, which covers all of the rules. 
Go to tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. And also make sure you subscribe to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash Survivor or on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV Rehap Ups feed. And in both places, you can find great content like the Know It Alls, This Week in Survivor, the B&B, and much more. So you want to make sure you're subscribed to get all the post-finale coverage because I'm sure there'll be interviews and deep dives and, of course, our Q&A, all that stuff. It's going to be a lot. So you definitely want to join all of those incredible groups, get all of the information. And we also want to say thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does the editing on Why Blank Lost podcasts. And also thanks to Will from America for the incredible theme song. Do love that very much. And thanks to David, my podcasting partner, for allowing me to join you again and continue to do this with you. Next week will be it. And then it's the Q&A. And then you get to uh, take a break from me for a while. So thanks for putting up with me. I appreciate it very much. And it was sad to talk about Elaine, but we had to do it. Yeah, I have to put up with you because you're my shield. So, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but thanks, thanks to you, Shield, for another <laughs> great episode. And uh, yeah, again, remember everyone that the, our finale podcast will be a day or so later than usual. I mean, we're going to have five people to talk to and traveling to do too. And and then we'll be having that postseason Q and A podcast. So you can start sending your questions in now. Have a great uh, next week. You know, finale's coming. Enjoy That's it. That's right. And hopefully it will be as enjoyable as it can be. Yes. So, all right. We will see everyone in maybe a day more than a week. We'll if talk to you then. Bye. And you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why blank lost. And this is why blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why blank.